Hey everyone, a quick note before the podcast. We don't always do this. This is actually the audio from this week's Glass Tire Top 5. So if you want to see a video version of this conversation, you can see that at glasstire.com. Enjoy. Hello, and welcome to this week's Glass Tire Top 5. It is the week of May 21st. 2020. I am Christina Reese. And I'm Brandon Zeck. And this is another special edition of our top five. We've been doing a lot of special editions throughout this coronavirus uh, sheltering in place, but this one I think is particularly appropriate to this week. This is our top five tips for buying artwork online. So this is something, Christina, that uh, even in normal times, you and I both kind of, well, are familiar with let's say um we're we like to surround ourselves with art kind of in all aspects of our life so you know we look at artist websites we look at gallery websites we message artists on instagram we're we're kind of always looking to see who and what uh has things available so you know in times like this where we can't visit galleries as much or it's more difficult to visit galleries it's more difficult to do studio visits um Online and online sales and engagement are becoming more important. Uh, Also, a lot of institutions have auctions and different kinds of things like that happening right now. Um, I know I just got a piece in an auction for the Contemporary Art Museum Plainview, but also Glass Tire has an auction coming up. So every year we do a big fundraising party in Houston. This year we had to cancel it because of the coronavirus, but during that party, normally only on the night of the party, we have an art auction by artists uh, from across Texas. So because we had to cancel that party, we're doing it online. It's opening May 23rd, and it's going to run through May 30th. So it's open to everyone. We'll update this post with a link once that goes live. But, you know, in the spirit of that, and in the spirit of so many other relief auctions and and just auctions for artists happening right now, um, that's why the top five is this theme this week. Yeah, there are a lot of artists out there who are selling their art online who may not have even done that before, but they need to do it now. A lot of galleries are trying to make it as easy as possible to buy art online. Art fairs will be moving online, so it's not just auctions, it's actually art fairs. Uh, And there are so many easy ways to do it, and it's being very easily facilitated. Um, But yeah, we have a lot of experience of buying artwork uh, via the internet, and um, and you know, it's not it's it's not not as scary as it may seem, uh, and we can kind of talk you through a couple of those steps right now. These aren't really in, a, in an order of like one is way more important than the other. This is kind of moving just through the process itself. Number right. five is uh, don't haggle, and by that I mean um, I believe that artists and dealers are doing the best they can with the prices as they stand, especially at the kind of the entry level of collecting and even up all the way up through the mid tier haggling to me and with artwork tends to be just happening at the very upper strata of art buyers. You know, that's investment bankers buying Jeff Koons work from Larry Gagosian. That's where haggling takes place. It doesn't take place very much in Texas galleries. It doesn't take place all that often with Texas artists. So when you see the price, that's the price. Don't, it's not a scary thing. You don't have to sweat it. It's not like going to buy a car uh, uh, or that kind of thing where you want to try to uh, talk 
or am I going to look ridiculous if I don't try to haggle? No, the price is the price and that's fine. And that should make you feel a little bit more secure about even just jumping into this whole process. And kind of piggybacking off that, the next pick, number four, is um, don't be afraid to ask. It's kind of an abstract concept, but, you know, when I first started um being interested in getting work by artists, I just thought that, you know, I saw the prices and the works and galleries, the big works that galleries normally carry and are part of shows. And, you know, there was no way I was going to be able to buy a $5,000 painting. But the more I asked and the more I got to know some of these artists, I started to learn that there were pieces that were available by them for, you know, a couple hundred bucks, sometimes even, you know, even lower than that. So if you don't ask, you will never know. Um, and if you don't ask, you'll only kind of receive what's being fed to you. So, you know, it's possible. And I, I mean that in every sense of the word in terms of like size, if you can't fit a big piece into your house, ask if they have something smaller. There's probably a sketch. There's probably a rougher piece. There might even be, you know, the sketch for the piece that you really like that's $8,000. Um, and it's just almost like a mini version of it. There's a lot of ways around this. It goes by price also. Uh, but just having the backbone and making the initiative means that you're going to be a part of this artist's thoughts and a part of this artist's conversation. Um, and also, you know, if you ask and they don't have anything available right now that's in your price range or that works for you or that you like, if the artist is savvy or definitely if the gallerist is savvy, they're going to keep you in mind for future things that are within your price because they want to sell you stuff. That is their job. And artists want their work to end up in the hands of a collector, of a patron, of whatever you want to call people that buy art. Uh, who really care about it and who want it for the right reasons. That's right. That's right. I mean, this is th that intersection of art and commerce has always been with us. It's never not been the case through the centuries. So uh, don't feel like it's crass or crude or, or ungracious to ask if a work of art is for sale. Uh, artists are flattered by this. They like to know that people like their work enough to ask. Uh, and gallerists love to be able to put your name in their kind of mental Rolodex as somebody who may be interested in buying something. 99.99% of the artwork that is being made out there is uh, they're hoping to find good homes for it. So that leads us to number three, which is the idea that payment plans are your friend. And we have both used payment plans. And as a former dealer, I certainly had clients who did payment plans. It is a very normal part of this world. So this is a thing that, again, if you're younger or inexperienced or haven't ever really bought art from an artist or from a gallery, you might not know. But the thing is, people at every level do this. Like even people who are buying $8,000, $20,000 artworks um, might not be able to fork over all of that in one go. So it's not just you, the person who's trying to buy an $800 painting that wants to do a payment plan for $100 a month. People at all levels are doing this. Christina, I know you can speak to this because you ran a gallery. Yeah, absolutely. Not only have I run a gallery, but I've done payment plans before for work that I've purchased myself. Um, it, it was never a bother. It's absolutely fine. And um, 
it's, you know, the dealer, if it's a gallerist, they'll probably hang on to the work until you've paid it out. Um, but, that's called incentive. But, but there's no interest. No one's charging you interest, by the way. This is not a financing deal. This is just a straight up, this is the sticker price and this is your, you know, paying out in installments. And I've had, I mean, I've purchased work directly from artists who have been totally open to, you know, doing sales over a few months and have been really receptive to that. Again, it circles back to what we, the point we made on the, the last pick, but that artists want to get their work into your hands in whatever way they can help make that happen. Uh, they'll probably go for, we can't say 100%, but it's almost also kind of like thinking about it from the, the artist's point of view, it's almost like a mini salary. So it's kind of nice to have promised money coming in as long as you do your payments on time don't become a person that doesn't pay your payments yeah you don't want to be you don't want to have the reputation of being the person who doesn't actually pay on time this all brings us to number two which is probably my favorite point that we're going to make today which is that uh cheap does not equal bad um there is a lot of inexpensive artwork out there that is fantastic uh, you and I can both speak to this. And in Texas, that can be especially true. There are a lot of artists who are not represented by galleries. Um, so you're basically paying the studio price, which is basically the 50%, you know, just what they would sell it for out of their own studio without uh, paying the commission to the gallery. But there's also uh, work that's not very expensive in galleries, additioned works and works on paper. These are the things that really fall into the category of more affordable, but still very, mm -hmm. very high quality. Oh yeah, I've got wonderful pieces from galleries that are either larger editions or I mean, you know, the, the, the cheap doesn't mean bad, doesn't only mean it's emerging artists or people who aren't represented either. I mean, I've got works from artists who are represented in Texas's larger institutions in their permanent collections and yet an addition by them is affordable and it's lovingly put together and it's just as wonderful as any other work by them yeah um, yeah and absolutely it's only a couple hundred dollars which is you know these things don't always it doesn't always make sense that they are cheap or affordable um a lot of us i know christina you and i have both probably purchase things where, you know, we're buying them from a gallery, we're buying them at the price, but it almost, we feel a little guilty about it just because the artist is so wonderful and the work itself is so wonderful. But I mean, I've, I've been able to buy some works by some of my favorite artists in the world. Like, I mean, whose work, whose big sculptures or one-off pieces are in, insanely expensive, but their additioned works are uh, they're often made to be additioned work. So they're very kind of purpose built. They're meant to be great as these additioned works and they're much more affordable. Uh, and I love doing it. And it's, and, and we've got some affordable work in this uh, glass tire auction that I still think should be way more expensive. So along with this and how this kind of piggybacks also off the earlier point of don't be afraid to ask, a lot of times in a gallery, you know, maybe even in an online viewing room that's happening now, or if an artist is posting their things to Instagram, uh, kind of whatever format you're consuming art, a lot of times we see those larger finished pieces, the pieces that are more expensive, but you know, there's going to be a flat file of drawings or a flat file of small scale works or works on paper, Christina, like you said earlier. Um, I know like a lot of the things that I have are 
very inexpensive, small little works on paper, but they're some of the most wonderful things that I've seen by the artists that I really love and encounter and, and admire. Which kind of brings us to our number one sort of overall umbrella point, which is that if you are interested in having art and living with art uh, in your own home, there is something out there for you and you can find it. So this is really, I mean, at we're emphasizing how there's something at every level. Like what first got me interested in art and getting art from local artists was uh, I was buying these screen prints that were done in like 100, 200 uh, editions uh, from like a local handmade shop. So, you know, that kind of got me interested. And then I started buying art from artists that, you know, had more studio, had studio spaces and didn't necessarily produce things in like such a mass quantity. Um, but it was always small. It was always dealing with the artist. And it was things, you know, kind of, I go back to that initial all those screen prints that I got because it was like a series and it was doing a deep dive into one artist. And it was thinking about getting things that not only that I liked, but that worked well together and it was figuring out why I liked them. Um, and that's kind of the, the, the key around there's something out there for you because whether you've just bought a $50 painting at a, at a charity auction or whether you've kind of been more serious and looked for other things, um, however you're engaging with art right now, you just have to put conscious effort into finding what there is out there for you and what kind of works with your, I don't know, your way of thinking, your way your of sensibility. Yeah. yeah. Certain artists, you can always ask your artist friends if they're making work that you like, you can ask them whose work they like. This is a great way to find more art to look at. This is my favorite way to find more art to look at. And also dealers work the same way. Uh, gallerists often rely on their own artists to recommend new artists for them to show. So if you find a gallery who have, you know, kind of encompasses a sensibility that you like, it could be that they have quite a bit that you will like, uh, not just by one artist, but by 10 of their artists. So it's, it's fun. And I mean, have fun with it. This is kind of an interesting adventure and, um, and it's all right now going to a very good cause. Artists and gallerists are going to be hurting in this new economy. It's a good idea to support them if you can. And it's a good way to cheer up your own living space uh, while you're sheltering in place and while we write all of this out. And uh, again, the glass tire auction is not a bad way to look at some really good art, whether you're in the market for it or not. We handpicked all of these artists. We handpicked all of this art. Um, so, and another way, of course, to kind of keep up with what's going on in Texas is to keep up with our top five videos because we're always covering the best art that's being made throughout the state, being made and shown throughout the state. And even if I, I mean, even if I didn't work for Glass Terror, I would be kind of having an eye on our auction because like we talked about throughout this entire conversation, there are things that are, you know, retail for only $300, which means you could possibly buy them for less than that, depending on the number of bids on this auction. Um, there are things that are more than $10,000. There really is a range for kind of every collector, every, I think we really, Christina, put in a good effort to try and do every collector, every taste, um, uh, and just a wide range of artists who have at one point in time called Texas their home. If you're going to be online anyway and looking at a lot of interesting stuff, this is another thing that you can do with your time and uh in the meantime um see some art 
see some art. Buy some art. Buy some art. There, there you go. 